Welcome to Clinton Baptist Church. We are so grateful for you all coming to uh, worship with us again on this Sunday. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Just thanking God for who he is and how he has been in our lives and just blessing us at this time. I am Pastor Colin Pugh, the senior pastor here at Clinton Baptist Church, and we are so grateful for you tuning in with us. Um, on this morning, I just want to start off with prayer, if that's okay with you. So let us pray. Father God, thank you for being God. Thank you for being great, Lord God. I am just so excited about being in the house of worship, um, Lord God, where we can come together through technology, Lord God, to worship you, Lord God, and to hear from you through your word, Lord God. I pray for um, your wisdom and your guidance in me, Lord God. I thank you for my time of study, um, Lord God, my um, quiet time with you, Lord God, to allow me to um, hear uh, from you that I may proclaim what you have laid on my heart for your people, Lord God. And I pray, um, Lord God, that we not um, invite you into our presence. We thank you for allowing us into your presence, um, Lord God, because you are everywhere at the same time. And I pray that you just speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope that everybody is doing well this Sunday. Um, I'm so grateful to be um, here before you once again. I know time is flying. Uh, Y'all, we are already in September. Um, and like I said last week, I am really getting anxious to get back to worship. But because of uh, COVID, we are not allowed to um, come together and worship. I know some churches are already doing it. Um, and that's okay for what they do. But God has not placed on my heart where we can come back and worship together in person. So I just want you to continue to follow the rules, uh, wear your mask, um, operating social distance. I know sometimes we as people get to the place where we... Uh, forget about it and, and do what we uh, want to do, but we still have to operate in social distances and wear our masks so we can um, 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 be healthy. Um, I want to pray for those who are uh, who are, uh, have uh, tested positive for COVID. Uh, we have some um, people in our church uh, membership that uh, called me and asked me to pray for them, so I'm, I'm going to be praying for them, and I just ask that God continue to work through us and work through this whole situation that we can see that he is God. But I, I'm so excited because um, y'all already, a year is coming up already. I've been here now. Um, at the end of September will be a year. Y'all, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise uh, for that. I am grateful and thankful uh, for God has let me last a year. I know some people probably um, didn't think I last a year. I know some people probably think uh, that uh, I probably quit by now or you know, whatever, but God is faithful, and he's kind and merciful, and I'm just so grateful to be the pastor here at Clinton Baptist Church. I have learned a lot in a year. I'm grateful for the membership. God is doing some awesome things here at Clinton where we are growing um, spiritually, we are growing numeric numerically, and I'm just grateful for what God is doing. Um, God is doing some awesome things here at Clinton, and I just want to uh, share with you a new thing that we have going on now um, that we just got um, selected to be partners with uh, Project Give Back. And Project Give Back is out of D.C. They operate in the D.C. Armory um, to do uh, 100, I mean, um, thousands of boxes of uh, food for Thanksgiving, um, which they give away frozen turkey, ham, and also chicken and beef and 14 other items. So I, I got an email the other day on the 15th, and they said, Pastor Pugh, we came past and seen the facility of Clinton Baptist Church, the outside parking lot, and we want to partner with you um, so we can provide 500 meals for Thanksgiving, uh, box meals for Thanksgiving for those who are in need. So right now we don't have a lot of information I'm just sharing what God is doing the favor that God has on Clinton Baptist Church I'm just sharing with you what God is doing and God doing some awesome things so this will happen November the 21st this will happen on November the 21st we'll need volunteers
volunteers. We have that information coming to you through our social media as we get together and meet with them and um, understand what they want from us and, and how we can make this partnership work. So we know that it will happen November the 21st. Uh, we'll need volunteers. Um, that's Saturday, November the 21st. We'll need volunteers. Um, it will start at 5 a.m. in the morning. 5 a.m. in the morning, they will drop the food off and we have to um, assemble the food and put it together in the boxes and also give ready to um, to distribute the boxes as well. So uh, please stay tuned. Um, right now, that's all the information we have. So please don't email me and call me like, Pastor Pew, what is this? What is I, I don't know all that yet, but that's the information we have. And I just want to uh, enlighten you on the blessings that God is doing through us. I am so grateful for how God is showing favor on our church in Clinton to uh, make a change in our community and we are really living out our vision. We grow, we serve, and we love and God is really allowing us to live out that vision. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. When you get a chance, please go to Project Give Back DC and you can read up on it and what they're doing, um, what they have been doing for years they've been doing this. And I'm so grateful. This year, um, they usually do it out the DC Armory, but this year they have selected five um, locations in the DMV area to to host this um, this this project giveaway event. So I'm so glad that out of the five we were selected. So God is good. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. Thanking God for that for just blessing us with His favor. Also, I want to um, just come to you today and, and, and let us get our hearts and mind ready for thanks uh, for giving back to God for our time of offering tithes and offering just a great um, time of worship to be excited to give unto God what he has given unto us. It is a requirement that we give back to God. And today, I just want to pray for our offering. I, I'm so grateful how God has blessed us. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm glad to, uh, that God has uh, blessed me with the finances I need uh, to continue to, to go forward in life. And, and, and I'm a witness. I, I'm a true witness that you can't beat God giving. God is an awesome God, and he, he, is, he is amazing. He is amazing. I have learned how to do more with the 90% than with the 100%. Let me say that again. I have learned to do more with the 90% than I can with the 100%. So I am a faithful giver to God and to the kingdom of God because our giving not only blesses our local church, but it blesses the kingdom of God. It blesses the kingdom of God. And God, we cannot be God given, and God will multiply our giving as we give unto Him. So let us pray. Father God, thank you so much. Where well, we can give unto you what is required of us. Accept our offering as a sweet-smelling aroma to you. Lord God, that you will let this offering come to you as, and be multiplied, Lord God. Lord God, send it out for your kingdom. Lord God, you know as a church here, Lord God, we do so many things. Not only for our church and, and our local community, but other churches and other communities by what people give to us. So, Lord God, I ask that you bless them in their giving. I ask that if they have not grown to trust you, Lord God, you grow them up in that way. They will trust you with their finances, Lord God, knowing that we cannot beat your giving, Lord God. So we give unto you with excitement, with joy, in happiness, and ask that you accept our offering. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. And there's so many ways that we have set up to give. We have so many vehicles um, which you can give to Clinton Baptist Church. Uh, we have one. You can mail your tithes and offering and your giving to 8701 Woodyard Road, uh, Clinton, Maryland, uh, 20735. You can mail it uh, to us and we'll get it out of the mailbox. Also, you can go to Cash App and Give, which is capital C, capital B, capital C, um, at 8701, um, that's our uh, cash app is a dollar sign, capital C, capital B, capital C at 8701. You can give that way. And you also can go to your um, iTunes uh, app or to your um, Google Play Store and you can download, get, download Give Plus app 
and put in Clinton Baptist Church and you can give that way through the app as well. You can set up recurring giving or you can do a one-time giving or weekly giving, however you want to set it up and you can set it up in that way. Just create a profile and it will come right out your uh, bank account uh, every design week or every design other two weeks or once a month or however you give. But Or you can also go to our website, clintonbaptistchurch.org. Um, and you can go to our giving page and give that way as well. So we got different vehicles where you could give uh, to God in your offering. And we just thank you for uh, you worshiping God with us through your time of giving. So with your Bibles in your hand and your electronic devices, I, I ask that you turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're in Ephesians chapter 2. And I am enjoying this series in Ephesians chapter 2 as we look at that we as believers are in Christ. Um, I'm just excited about uh, what God is doing and how God is growing me up and helping me see some things as a pastor um, about myself as a believer that I've never seen before as I walk through the, the book of Ephesians as we're going to continue to do that. Um, and I, like I said um, last week that we, I mean the week before last that we, uh, Paul had already uh, uh, let us know that we are in Christ. We are believers in Christ. So before we get started, we're in Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 1a, and then verses 4 and 5. So we're in Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 1a, and then verses 4 and 5. But before we read, let us pray. Father God, we are thankful. We are grateful for your word. Lord, oh Lord we love your word. We're grateful that we can sit at your feet. We pray that your word go forth, Lord God, to bring forth change. Grow us up in your word, Lord God, that we may see you better. Lord God, let us not come to this table and feast with you and walk away empty. Let us walk away full, Lord God, spiritually. Spiritually, Lord God, let us walk away full with your word. So we bless you and we thank you. Decrease me that you may increase. Lord God, remove all my anxiety and fear and nervousness that you may be heard through what I say. Lord God, there are some people that came on here today for different reasons, different obstacles that they're facing in their life, Lord God, and they need a word. And I pray that you speak to them. You said in your word, Lord God, that your word would never go out void. But it would do what it was called and what it was purposed to do. So let this word that, that leave out of my mouth go out and do what it was called and purposed to do in the lives of your people. Lord God, there may be someone here who don't know you as a Lord and Savior. I pray that the word pick they, prick their heart. I pray, Lord God, that their they heart be cultivated to receive the seed of your word that they may come to ask, what must I do to be saved? We thank you. For your word and we ask for your blessing in Jesus name we pray amen before we get started and if we have some new people on here let us know where you from let us know where you from I know we got some people from Dallas Texas uh, we have some people from Mississippi from New Jersey and Norfolk but let us know where you from let us know give us a shout out and let us know where you from if you a visitor here at Clinton Baptist Church uh, live stream uh, we do on our website we have a visitor card we ask that you fill out um, just Put your information in, and we'll get back in contact with you through email and just say hi and thank you for uh, reaching out to us and um, checking us out on live. So we just want to know who you are, and we thank you so much. So let us get started. We're in Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 1 and verse 45. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 45. It says, and you he made alive. And you he made alive. And now let's look at verse 4 and 5. He says, But God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love in which he loved us, in which he loved us, even, um, even when we were dead in trespassing and sin, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace 
you have been faith. I mean, been saved. He said, by grace, you have been saved. Verse 4 and 5 say, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespass and sin, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Okay, um, for the last week or so, I've been preaching um, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, and the overarching theme is the transformation of a sinner to a saint. So a transformation of a sinner to a saint. That's the overarching theme for these three weeks. Is it has been the transformation from a sinner to a saint. So what we learned... Uh, a couple of weeks ago in Ephesians chapter 1 that every one of us who are believers, Paul is writing to believers, and every one of us who are believers who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are in Christ. We, we, are, we are in Christ. We, we are in Christ. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm glad that, I, that I'm in Christ. So now Paul tells us in, verse, in chapter 1 that we are in Christ. As believers, as he writes to these believers and writes to us, he reminds us and he ensures us and he informs us that we are in Christ. But now he comes back in chapter 2 and he lets us know in chapter 2 and chapter 3 and he lets us know how we got in Christ. Okay? So chapter 1 lets us know that we're in Christ. But in chapter 2 and 3, he lets us know how we got in Christ. He lets us know how the transformation of a sinner to a saint happened. So he lets us know that, and in verse, I mean, in chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 3, or last week, we looked at the previous state of the believer. So Paul told us, told us in, in chapter 2, verses 1b through, uh, verses 1b through 3, verses 3, he let us know our previous state. He let us know our previous state that we were dead. He said that we were dead. And we know, we learned last week, that the Bible talks about three different deaths. I'm not going to go through all that. But he let us know that we were spiritually dead. That we had no connection with God. We had no fellowship with God. We had no communion with God. We had no, no walk with God. We were spiritually dead. And he said, in spiritual death, he, he tells us the cause of the death. He said the cause of the death was because of trespassing and sin. Because of our sins caused us to, to be dead. Because of the sins of Adam and Eve... And a disobedience of God, their sin was passed down to us. It was, it was accounted to us. So now because we born into sin and shaped into iniquity, that's what caused death to us to be spiritually dead. Meaning we have no relationship or no fellowship with God. So because of sin, we were dead. And then he comes back and say, as we were dead, he said, now these are the actions of your dead sin. This is the actions of a dead person, one who do not have any relationship with God. He said, this is how you walk. You walk to a a course, according to the course of the world. You walk according to the prince of the power of the air. You did things in disobedience. You were a children of wrath. So he said, all that. He said, here's your previous state. This is who you were. As unbelievers. And this is who you are as unbelievers if you are an unbeliever today. You are dead. That was a hopeless situation. That was a miserable situation. We were, we were, we were, uh, we were separated from God. We had no, no life in God. We was depraved. We had no connection with God. Matter of fact, the scripture says that we was enemies of God. So he said that was our previous state. But today we look at our present state as we're in Christ. See, because something changed. Something changed in, in, in you and our life. Some, something changed. In, and Paul says that he is the previous state of believers. As we looked at the, um, the previous state of believers last week, and this week we look at the present state of believers. He said he is the present state of the believer. If you are believing in Jesus Christ, here's your present state right now. He said the first thing, you are alive. Look what he says in verse 1a. He said, and you, he made alive. Look what he says in, first four, uh, verse four, um, um, in verse 4b. Well, let's look at the whole verse 4. He said, in verse 4, he said, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespass and sin, uh, made us alive. In verse 5b. In verse 5b and verse 1 
uh, 8, he tells us that we are alive. As believers, we are alive in Jesus Christ. He said we, we are alive in, in, in Jesus Christ. He says that as believers, we are alive. That, that is awesome. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. He says our state now, our present state, is that we are no longer dead. We are no longer separated from God. We are no, we, we, uh, we, now we have fellowship with God. We are alive. So in the New King James Version, um, which I read out, a uh, version that I read out, it says that we are alive. It used the word alive. But some other versions like the NIV and um, ESAV, I mean the ESVS um, and the other Bible translations use the word quicken. But what that actually mean, alive or quicken, what it actually mean is revitalization. It's saying that we have been revitalized. Oh my God, that's good stuff. He said that both mean that we have been revitalized. It means that a change has happened. And revitalization means that we have been permeated with the Holy Spirit that brings life. I, I, I don't know about you, a change has happened. I, I'm no longer dead in Christ. I, 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 I'm alive in Christ. I, I'm a new creature. I'm, I'm new in him. I have been revitalized. I've been permeated with the spirit of God that I am now alive, that I am alive in Jesus Christ, that I now have salvation. I now have eternal life. I'm now saved. I'm a believer because I am alive. It says that we are alive. We have eternal life. And watch this. This eternal life is not only eternal life when we die and breathe our last breath. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, immediately we operate in eternal life. See, we think we only have eternal life when we die and breathe our last breath here on earth and then we go into eternal life. No, we operate in eternal life right now. Soon as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Pandora, soon as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Beverly, soon as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Deacon Dixon, you already in eternal life. He says that now we are alive. We have salvation. We have eternal life. We are spiritually alive, Darlene. We are spiritually alive, Keisha. We are spiritually you're alive, Chinese. You are alive in Christ because you are a believer. He said, "This is our spiritual. This is our present time. This is our this is our present state. Iris, this is your present state. You are no longer dead. You are no longer separated from Christ. You are alive in Christ. We have eternal life. We have salvation. We are saved." We are now alive. We are no longer dead. And when we are no longer dead, guess what that means? We are no longer at war with God. That's a great thing. That's a time to celebrate. That's a time to shout hallelujah. That's a time to clap. That's a time to clap, Sister Carl. That's a time to clap, Sister Murray. That's a, a time to clap and say, thank you, Lord, Bonnie, that now I am not at war with God. Me and God are friends. God is a friend of mine. I'm a friend of God. I'm a child of God. I'm so glad that I'm alive, that I'm no longer at war with God. He says that this is our present state, that we are alive in Christ, that a change has happened. That's an awesome thing. That's an awesome thing. That's, that's a great thing, Monique. That's a great thing, Marvin, that we are alive in Christ. Now, here it is. If we are alive in Christ, why are you still walk around like you dead? Why are you still walk around like you dead? Now, watch this. If you all seen somebody pushing a coffin around, with a body in it, the first thing you're going to think is why in the world are they pushing that around? Why are they pushing a dead body around? But then when they get in Walmart, because you know you see everything in Walmart. You see everything in Walmart, Kim. I don't, I don't know. I went to Walmart yesterday. You see everything, Sean, in Walmart. How would you see everything in Walmart? Ray, you see everything in Walmart. Watch this. So you in Walmart, and they pushing around a casket with a body in it. Some people are going to freak out. Some people are going to laugh and pull out their phone and start taking pictures. But watch this. But in the casket, the person is not dead. The person is alive. So that would, that would make you look a little strange, right? 
Why in the world are you pushing somebody around in something in a vehicle that represents death? Watch this. So why in the world are you walking around like you in a casket and you alive in Christ? Why you walk around as a believer like you dead and you alive in Christ? You are alive in Christ, Lennon and Janice. You are alive in Christ, Joe. You are alive in Christ, Sheree. You are alive in Christ, Wendy. You are alive in Christ, I mean. We no longer should walk like we dead. We are alive in Christ. And he says he is our present state that we are alive. But then there's another thing. Because he says, watch this. He says, and you he made alive. In verse 1, we're in verse 1a. He says, you he made alive. So we, we learned that we're alive. And verse 5 tells us we're alive too. So we learned that we're alive. But guess what else we learned? We learned that it was God who made us alive. Watch this. He says, and it was you, watch this, who's speaking of believers, he made alive. Now, that's, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. Because he said that we are alive, but then he tells us who made us alive. He said it was God who made us alive. He said he. So this word he, Joshua, this word he, Virginia, that we're looking at right here, this, 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 uh, this word he is capitalized. So that capitalized Tiffany actually means, they, they watch this, this capitalized, capitalized Dirk uh, right here means that he is speaking of God, that God is the subject. That God, G-O-D is the subject. That God, Jehovah is the subject. Uh, God is the subject. Jehovah is the subject. He said that God is the one that made it. He tells us who made us alive. He said it's he who made you alive. Watch this, watch this. He said that we are alive and then he tells us who made us alive. He said it's he. It's, it's he. It's, it's God who made us alive. He, he is speaking of God that God, watch this, that it's God power. Watch this, it's God's power in his actions through Christ that entered into us and gave us eternal life. It was God, watch this, who gave us eternal life. It was, it was God who, who gave us salvation. It was, it was God who makes us alive. I know some of you all think you're alive and you got a good relationship with God just because of your last name or just because your father a pastor or your grandmother was a pastor or your, your mother in the church and, and they deacons and all this and, and now because my family go to church and they, they got their church and, and, I, and I know God and I've been going to church. No, no, no. Only thing make you alive is God. It ain't, your, it ain't your occupation that make you alive. It, it, it ain't your status that make you alive. It ain't, it ain't your degree that make you alive. It ain't the school you go to that make you alive. It ain't your parents who make you alive. It ain't your grandparents who make you alive. It's not even your relationship with the church that make you alive. The church can't make you alive. The one who makes us alive is God. It's God. He said he is the one that makes us alive. Watch this. It said it's him. It's him that that makes us alive. It's him who gives us eternal life. It's him who makes us alive. Look, look what John 10, 10 says. I want y'all to write this down. Y'all need to write this down. Watch him. John 10, 10. This is John 10, 10, B. We're looking at John 10, 10, B. So John 10, 10, B says, I have come that they may have life and they, they may have it more abundantly. It's God. God, God, God has come so we can have life and not only life, but we can have it more abundantly. That life is not talking about physical life. That life is talking about Tawana. That life, Heather, is talking about, he's talking about that we have spiritual life. We have eternal life. He said that is God the one who gives us life. Then, 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 then the other one, John 6, 47. John 6, 47 says it like this. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Said to God, God says, if you believe you had this eternal life, God is the one who gives us life. God, God is the one who gives us life. John chapter 5, 21 says this, for as my father raised the dead and gives life to them. He says, God is the one who gives life. God is the one who raised the dead. Not physically dead, but what he's saying, the spiritual dead, and he gives us life. This is our present state. That we have life and God is the one who give it to us. Romans 4 chapter 17 says it like this. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God who gives life to the dead. God is the one who gives us life. I know you're searching for life in that marijuana. 
I know you're searching for life in that crack pot. I know you're searching in life in that needle. I know you're searching for life with that young lady or that young man. I know you're searching for life on that job. I know you're searching for life in that exercise. But the only thing that can give you life is God. That's it. That's the only one. He is the one that gives us life. We can't get life. We cannot get life because of what, but our, what we look like. We do not have life because of who we are. We do not have life because of our last name. We do not have life because of who we connected to. The only one that gives life is God. And guess what? Buddha can't give you life. Muhammad can't give you life. Confusion can't give you life. Scientologists can't give you life. Chanting can't give you life. Speaking in tongues can't even give you life. The only one give life is God. He says, this is our present state as a believer. Sister Sadie, this is our present state. This is our present state, Sister Cunningham. Kim, this is our present state. Tammy, this is our present state. Brian, this is our present state. That we have eternal life, little Linda. Sarita, we have eternal life because of God. God is the one who gives eternal life. You can't get it on your own. You can't be good enough. You can't be smart enough. You can't work hard enough to get it. It does not come by works. It comes by your commitment. I mean, your surrendering to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It comes by the grace of God. Nikki and Kenneth, you can't have it. Sam, you can't have eternal life. The reason why we have it in our present state is because of God. He is the one who gives us life. Jesus said it himself in John chapter 14. He says, I am the truth, the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come through the Father except through me. The only way we can have this eternal life is that we have to go through Jesus Christ that God gives it to us. This is our present state. Shorty, this is our present state. You have life because of God. Spiritual life, eternal life you have, spiritual understanding you have because you are in Christ. So he tells us that this is our present state. He says our present state is that we have life. Our present state, he said that, that God is the one to give it to us. But then he goes on in verse 4 and 5, and he says, okay, we have life. And he said, God is the one to give us life. And then he shows us how God gives it to us. He shows us, he shows us that, that, that we have life because. He tells us the reason why we have life. Look what he says in verse 4 and 5. In verse 4 and 5, he tells us the reason why we have life. Watch this. He said, here's the reason. He said, but God, thank you, Lord. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead, in trespassing, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Look what he said, Lacey. Look what he said, Daryl. He said, by grace, you have been saved. He says that one, we are alive. He said that God is the one that called, uh, God is the one who has given us life. And then he shows us how God has given us life. He said that we have life because the first thing he says, watch this. Are y'all looking? First thing he said, he says, the first thing, the reason why we have life is because of God's mercy. Look what he says. He said, but, but, but God, who is rich in mercy. He said this life was given to us because of God's mercy. Oh, my God. I wish y'all were, were here with me right now, Groucho. I wish you were here, Charlene. I wish you were here, Dump. I wish you were here with me, Moo Moo and Cuddy. I wish you were here with me. To hear this, Dominique, I wish you were here with me. I wish you were here with me, Mr. John. I wish you was here with me, Sister. I wish you were here with me to hear that, that he says that the reason why we have life is because of God's mercy. See, 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 I got people looking and I don't see y'all responding. So that tell me you must not understand what mercy is. See, see, mercy, this is what mercy is. Mercy is God holding back the holding back the judgment that we deserve. That, that's that what mercy means. Mercy means God's hold back, holding back the judgment that we deserve. I, I, you all may not know. So, so we're gonna say this is judgment right here. This is judgment. And God is holding us back. This judgment. He is standing before judgment and holding it back on our behalf so we won't be judged by the consequences of our sin. He said that God is holding back the judgment. I see y'all don't understand. So let me break it down a little more. That that watch this, watch this. Mercy is when God shows mercy to us by not treating us 
the way we deserve to be treated. Watch that, Beverly. Watch this, Beverly. God, mercy is when God not treat us in a way that we deserve to be treated. That God does not treat us in a way that he deserved, that we deserve to be treated. That God does not treat us. I'm trying to get y'all to understand this mercy thing. This mercy thing is me. He says that we have life because of God's mercy. Because God did not treat us in a way that we deserve to be treated. See, y'all ain't getting it. Let's turn to, turn to Psalms 103. Turn to Psalms 103. I need y'all to turn to Psalms 103 because I need y'all to get this. Turn to Psalms 103. Turn to Psalms 103, 103, Psalms 103.10. Psalms 103.10, I hope you learn, I hope you're growing. I'm trying to help y'all get to where I am and talk about this light that we have, our present state as believers. Psalms 103.10, watch this, Sean, it's going to bless you, Sean, it's going to bless you. When you look up this, Shorty, it's going to bless you. When you look at Joe, it's going to bless you. When you look up this, uh, it's going to bless you, Gloria, it's going to bless you. Darlene, it's going to bless you. Uh, Sister Thompson, it's going to bless you. Watch this, Psalms 103, watch this, Psalms 103.10 says... This is what it says. And he has not dealt, look what David says. And he has not dwelt with us according to our sin. And then he says, nor punished us according to our iniquity. Oh my God. Now let me help you understand some things. It's some things that you did that you deserve to be punished, but God says, I'm gonna give you a waiver. Y'all know what a waiver is? A waiver means that you get that, that you get favored by God. It's some things that you have said that you deserve to lose your job for, but guess what? God has gave you a waiver. You're trying to you ever got a waiver for something you did? God did not deal with you according to what your sin required him to deal with you. God just showed you favor and mercy. And he said, this mercy that we got is because we got life. God did not deal with us in the way that we should be dealt with. And he gave us life, D. He gave us life, Dominique. He gave us life, Marvin. He gave us life not according to what we are, but pertaining to his mercies. I am so glad that God has spread mercy on my life. I'm so glad that he didn't treat me in the way that I deserve, Pastor Reese. He didn't treat me, Deacon Allen, in the way that I deserve. I'm so glad of his mercy and his mercy has given us life said his mercies he didn't treat us in a way this this is how he gave us life through his mercy we did not deserve it you did not deserve you wasn't good enough to get life you wasn't smart enough to get life you're not cute enough to get life you're not handsome enough to get life you're not big enough to get life you're not uh, smart enough for me to get life but God has given you life because of his mercies says in mercies say here it is this is this is why we got life because of his mercies but guess what see i'm a suppository uh, uh preacher but it's something we got to deal with too because it's not only mercies because before he said mercies look what he says he says but god who is rich so we got to deal with that word rich we got, we got to deal with that word rich and, and what rich mean. We, we, we got to deal with that. There was a guy a couple of years ago, this was many years ago, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett is a, a basketball player, and um, he got like $107 million. This was years ago, before they were getting money. And um, before they was getting that kind of money, he got it from um, Minnesota Timberwolves. He got $107 million, something like that. And um, they said that's enough money for him to live, I mean, for him to live and die seven times. He can live a full life seven times. He can live a full life and die and come back and live a full life and die seven times. And he, he still will have enough money after living a full life and dying seven times. But what happened the eighth time? That riches run out. See, but that word riches here. It's not like you and I see riches. See, because we know some people got a lot of money. We, we, we may not know them personally, but we know Bill Gates got a lot of money. And Bill Gates, they say his money will never run out. But if he keep living and keep living, his money will run out. But this doesn't mean the riches like you and I think. This rich word means it's endless. 
So he said that God's mercy is endless. Oh my God. It never runs out. It never runs dry. Guess what? So if you a sinner and you not saved, guess what? God's mercy is still flowing and it's still flowing and it's still flowing and it's still flowing just for you today so you can see in this whole Lord and Savior, you got to understand that God's mercies is rich, that it's endless, that it never runs out. Guess what? You can keep on dipping in the well and 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 then it never run dry because his well will never run dry. His well will always have the flow of the living water. I don't care who you are. His mercy lasts forever. Thank you, Lord. He says that we have life because of his rich mercy. His unlimited mercy that he offered to us, Jackson. His limited mercy that he offered to us, LaMonica. His limited mercy that he offered to you, Jazz. His, his, his limited, unlimited uh, mercy that he offered to us. He said this is what gives us life, his mercies. But then he goes on. He said not only his mercy gives us life. He said not only because of his mercy, but he goes to the second thing. And he says also because of his great love. Watch this. In which he loved us even when we were dead in trespassing and sin. He said that, that, that we have life because of his love for us. Oh, my God. Oh, that, that's so good. I mean, God, God loved us. God, God loved us. And, and because of his love, watch this, we, we, we have life. But because of God's love, he has life. And the scripture says we didn't love him first. He, we loved him because he loved us. Wow, that's, that's the love of God, John 3, 16. So for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He loved you. Somebody need to hear that, that God loved you. And he loved you because he loved you. He gave you eternal life. He did it because he loved you. And you walking around here thinking God don't love you. You walking around here talking about nobody loved me. I don't care if nobody loved me, but I know that God loved me. How do I know that God loved me? Because Romans chapter 5, 8 say he demonstrated his love. Yet while I was a sinner, Christ died on a cross for you and me that we may have eternal life. Yes, I'm so grateful for the love that God has shared to me. I'm so grateful to know that I am loved by God and that God loves me and God displayed, put his love on display. He showed us how much he loves us and he said his great love that is over and abundant love that he had for us. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ and the reason why we have eternal life is because of God's love you. There's some unbelievers out here think you can't have life because God wouldn't love me because of sin that I'm in. Because of what I'm doing and the way I'm living my life. God says, no, that is wrong. Because the scripture right here said he loved us when we was in trespassing and sin. He said he loved you when you were unlovable. He loved us when we were dead, when we was worth nothing. When people cast us out, he loved us. When people thought we wasn't going to be nothing, he loved us. He loved us in spite of our faults, in spite of our issues, in spite of our circumstances, in spite of our wickedness, in spite of our calamity, in spite of our sin, in spite of our proclivities. God loved us. And his love is because of his life. This is who we are. This is our present state that, that we have life because of his mercy and because of his love. But then he says something else. He said we have life. Watch this. Because of his grace. He says by grace you have been saved. Yes. Watch this. Then yes. the word grace. Look at this. The word grace. The word grace. The word grace. The word grace is a little different from mercy. See, see because the word grace the word grace here actually mean, watch this, the word, the, the word grace here, it, it actually means to, 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 to give us what we don't deserve. See, see, mercy holds back what we do deserve. We deserve punishment, but mercy holds it back. But grace gives us what we don't deserve. That means that you, you ain't did good in school, but I'm still going to give you ice cream when I pick you up. That means that, that the teacher sent me a, a note and said on distant learning, you had your camera off and you wasn't focused today in school. But guess what? When I get home, I'm still going to take you to readers to get you some ice cream. 
See, see that, that, that's giving you what you don't deserve. And he says that the life that we have is because of God's grace. Because by grace, you have been saved. That means that God has extended grace to you and I. God has extended grace. And I'm trying to help you understand the reason why we have life in Jesus. The reason why we have eternal life is because of the grace of God that he extended to you. That God has given you salvation, although you don't deserve it. What I mean, Pastor Pew? What you mean, Pastor Pew? We deserve to be punished, but God gave us peace. We deserve to go to hell, but God gave us heaven. We deserve to be abandoned, but God gave us adoption. We deserve to be set on fire, but God made us a friend. I'm trying to help you understand about the grace of God and how the grace of God works. And I'm thankful for the grace of God because the grace of God. Now I have life, and I have life more abundantly. I didn't deserve it, but God has given it to me. And that means that you can't work for this salvation. You didn't work for this eternal life. You didn't do anything to earn eternal life. Matter of fact, if we look down in Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9, it says it's a free gift that God has given to you. God had wrapped you this gift of salvation, which is his son, Jesus Christ, that you and I may accept him as our Lord and Savior and now have eternal life. We are now saved. We are now in heaven already spiritually with God because of his grace. I don't know about you, but I thank you, God, for your grace. I thank you, God, for your grace that you have given me what I don't deserve, Lord God. I thank you right now for your grace because people look down on me. People think I ain't never was going to be nothing, but look at your grace now. I'm in heaven with you. I'm thanking God that people turn their back on me, but look at me now, and it's all because of your grace because you don't see me like people see me. And this is the life that we have. He said, this is our present state. We are alive. He said, God is the one who made us alive. And he said, this is why we're alive, because of his mercy, his rich mercy, because of his love, and because of his great grace. And that great grace is still effective today for you. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are as a believer or unbeliever. But I tell you, right now, if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Charles, if you have never, Vivian, surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, his grace is for you. I don't know who I'm talking to. I know we have uh, hundreds of people watching. I know we have different people do watch parties. But I want to extend to you not a religion, but a relationship. And that relationship comes by God's mercy and love and grace that you may have eternal life. God gave his son, Jesus Christ, to be the sacrificial lamb. Guess what? You deserve punishment. I deserve punishment for our sin. But Jesus Christ stepped in our place and took the punishment that we deserve on our behalf, that he may die and share his blood, that you and I may be right with God. He did that for us. And we did not deserve it. And he did it when we were dead and trespassing in sin. And I know some of y'all say, well, Pastor Pew, I got to get myself right. Hold on, hold on. He said that he did that when you were dead and trespassing. He said he did it when you was already messed up. So if he died for you and shed his blood so you can have life, he did it when you was messed up. So why you got to get fixed up? The only thing can fix you up and give you life is God. You can't get yourself right. You have no power to get yourself. If you could get yourself right, you would have died on the cross for all of us. You are not God. You need him. Amen. And today I extend to you Jesus Christ, the sacrificial lamb. The one who was slain on our behalf for my sin and your sin. Today, we looked at our present position as believers. This is the transformation of a sinner to a saint. We have seen that we were dead and today, our previous day we were dead and today we are present in life. Today, I extend to you, what you going to do? Or you going to keep trying to make it on your own? You going to keep trying to work this thing out? What you going to do, Joshua? What you going to do, Dirk? What you going to do, Sean? What are you going to do? Are you going to surrender your life to Jesus Christ or are you going to keep trying to figure this thing out? That life only come through God. Or are you happy living in that miserable state? Being controlled by the devil. 
following the crowd. But today I extend to you eternal life. I extend to you salvation. Is there any today? Is there one? Is there one to realize that I'm a sinner and I need a savior? That I'm dead and I need to be alive. Physically I'm alive, but spiritually I'm dead. I have no relationship with God. Trust in him. Trust in him. Trust in him. Turn your life over to God. Trust in him. Surrender to him. I'm telling you, surrender to him. He will give you life and give you life abundantly. Because guess what? You never know when you're going to breathe your last breath. You never know when God is going to pull your number. And we're going to be laying you in front of some kind of funeral home or some kind of church. Laying you to rest. And God will, you will stand in judgment before Christ. And he'll say, you heard the sermon on September the 18th. You heard it. 11 o'clock from Pastor Pew. That I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way you have life is come through me. What you going to do? This is your opportunity. Is there one? Just type in yes. Just type in one. The number one or the letter one. Is there one? Is there one? If you're not for sure, just say I'm not for sure. Because there are a lot of believers walking around, don't know, don't, it's not for sure that they save you. You're not for sure. And once you save, you always say, but I just want to make sure you know that you are saved. That you know that you have the life of God living in you. That you are, have eternal life. That you are spiritually alive. But I looked at the people who are watching. There's no one who, who needs to surrender to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So what I want to do, I want to pray. And I want to pray because here it is. How much time I got? How much time I got? Okay, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you believers because there are a lot of people who are believers who are walking around here like they dead. You already surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, but you walking in a dead state. You, you already have life, but you walking in a dead state. So I, I just want to I just want to pray. I just want to pray for you. Let us pray. Father God, I just pray, Lord God. For the believers. Lord God, their conduct, their actions, their attitudes, their movements, Lord God, represent dead lifestyle. So I pray, Lord God, that they walk in this newness of life. I pray that they walk in this revitalization, the permeating of the Holy Spirit that dwells in them, change the course of their life. Let them know, Lord God, that they are relief, relieved. And released from the coffin of death, spiritual death. And now they have spiritual life. Lord God, let their activity and the limbs and the members of their body, Lord God, not produce any dead things, but produce life. Lord God, we call on you that they may walk in this new life, Lord God, and not in deadness. Lord, draw them out. Sister Nita, draw them out. Sister Danielle, draw them out. Brother Tony, draw them out. Colin, draw them out. Lord God, those dead lives and those dead activities. Let them know that they are alive in you and they have life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. But now I want to pray for unbelievers. Let us pray. Father God, I pray for unbelievers. Lord God, there may be some on here that, that are afraid that the enemy got in captivity. That are afraid to, 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 to vocalize that they need you as a savior. I pray that the Holy Spirit, that the word press upon their heart will open their understanding that they may need you, that they need you as they save your Lord God. So give them strength, give them wisdom to surrender, Lord God, to turn their life over to you, Lord God. Lord God, let them know that you love them, Lord God, and it don't matter what sin they in, Lord God, that you love them, Lord God, to free them from the bondage of sin, from the persecution of sin. From condemnation, you have died and given your son, Jesus Christ, to be the sacrificial lamb, to shed his blood on the cross for our sins, that they may have life. So let them surrender to you, that they may walk in the present state as believers. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.